to the Clinical Podcast Series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. Today's episode is entitled Determining Initial Ocular Comfort Differences Between 0.7% Olipetidine and 0.035% Ketodophen. I'd like to thank our host, Dr. Mile Bruchik, and our topical editor and expert, Dr. Andrew Pucker. And now it's my pleasure to begin today's broadcast. Welcome to this episode of the AAOF podcast series, and I'm joined with Dr. Andrew Pucker. Um, Dr. Pucker, share with us and, uh, and the audience just a little bit about yourself, your background. Thanks for having me. So I'm Andrew Pucker. My job currently is at uh, Lexitas Pharma Services, where I'm the Senior Director of Clinical Development. And I also hold a part-time academic position at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, which is where we actually conducted the research for this paper today. That's great, Andrew. It seems to me um, I've known you kind of your whole career, and I continue to see your name on more and more publications. And this one's interesting, personally, just from a clinical perspective, because Oftentimes, we want to do two things with, um, with, with any type of treatment that we're offering to patients. One, we want it to be effective, but two, we want it to be tolerable. And that's one of the things that we're kind of looking at here. So we're going to do a deep dive into the paper determining the initial ocular comfort differences between 0.7% olipatidine and 0.035% ketodophen. These are both over-the-counter available antihistamine mast cell stabilizing agents, but I guess the first question I'll ask you is just give us a broad scope view on how the study was done and then some clinical applicability to it, Andrew. Sure. So as I'm sure most of you know, allergies is a big issue in the United States and somewhere between 30 and 40% of our population suffers from ocular allergies and being optometrists, you know, our patients have problems and they're probably even more likely to come see us. So maybe more than 40% of our patients have ocular allergies, but for any treatment to be effective, which both of these treatments in the study are effective at reducing eye itch, those sort of things, a patient needs to be able to tolerate them. So what we wanted to do is look at a new version of olpatidine, the extra strength patidae, since it has a new formulation and compare it to a common over-the-counter allergy eye drop, which was Alloway, the, um, the ketotiffin product. So what we did is we randomized patients to one of those two products. So they got one in the right eye and then they got the other product in the left eye. And we just wanted them to compare in a couple of different ways what they thought of the initial application. So did it burn? Did it sting? Was it comfortable overall sort of thing? And then tell us why this is um, important to us. As a, like, Why do you think we, we should be kind of looking into this, Andrew? And why is this important to us clinically? That's a great question. So if a, a drop burns, which I think a lot of patients will tell you that sometimes the ketotiffin drops burn over the counter and you prescribe them to them, even if it's over the counter, you know, they, they may not want to do it if it burns, right? You know, if it's annoying, my allergies are less annoying than the burn from the drop, they may not do it. So what we need to know in the clinic is what is going to be effective, but also something that patients tolerate and do long-term because an allergy eye drop needs to be used pretty much daily during your season, or if you're unfortunate and have to do it year round, you know, I have to use it continuously for it to work effectively and at its maximum ability. Yeah. And it is something that you're already dealing with a sensitive eye too. So you want those things that are most 
um, easy to use and most benign from a patient's perspective. So, so Andrew, tell me a little bit more about the data and what you guys really found in this study. So what we did is we enrolled fairly normal people. So we had them do a comfort survey, the speed survey, and we made sure that they had minimal eye symptoms. And then also at baseline, we had them do a visual analog scale, which is a zero to 100 scale. And we wanted the difference between the eyes and comfort on that scale to be basically nothing. So we could have a good comparison between the two drops and the two eyes in these normal patients. We I then love applied- that. I love Andrew, that you use the normal eye though. I mean, that sets the precedent. Like you're dealing with comfortable eyes here. Now let's see what each of these formulations do to the comfortable eyes. Because again, that's that's a nice baseline. So please continue, Andrew. Exactly. That was a, a big part of it. We wanted to make sure we had a good comparison between the two eyes because we wanted to do this pair eye design. And with that, maybe this study should be repeated in people with ocular allergies. But we wanted to get a good initial understanding of the baseline comfort of these drops. So... We randomized the patients, as I said, I think before, to one of the two drops in the right eye, the other eye got the other drop. And what we found is that at application, so right after drops go in, 30 seconds, one minute, the drops, the padded day drops were actually much more comfortable and clinically meaningfully different than the, the um, comparison drop. And still there was a little bit of difference going out to two minutes, which is the, the max we measured. But at that point it was starting to get not clinically meaningful differences. So you guys did randomize it, right? So sometimes patient would get right eye allopatidine, left eye ketodophin, and other times it would be the other way around, correct? Yeah, exactly. We didn't want there to be an order effect where like say Pataday went to the right eye every time and then the left eye, you know, they're expecting something weird to happen and that skews the results. So we wanted to give it a, an apples to apples sort of comparison. Andrew, anything interesting that you found um, related to the time of the symptom resolution in the paper? Yeah, um, we ran our test out to two minutes and we thought for sure that the eyes would be back to baseline comfort at that point, but they actually weren't. So that's maybe a clinical pearl for our patients in clinic. And you can tell them you, you might notice these drops after you put them on your eyes for at least two minutes, maybe even a little bit more. So if you educate them ahead of time that, you know, it's probably not going to be bad, but you might notice a little difference with your eyes um, for up to two minutes or maybe more that can just, you know, prime them and they're ready for the drops as they're using them for the first time out of office. I love that that kind of gives us a little bit of guidance clinically even too with the data. Like what, what do we do with something like this? Because again, they're both good antihistaminic agents. They both provide comfort relief because of the allergies, but understanding really kind of what the comfort scores are when patients are using them are just as important, I think. And is there anything, um, any other closing thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience um, on the study or any other clinical pearls that you'd like to share with us? So as I've already mentioned, eye allergies are super common and we should be proactively asking our patients about their eye symptoms. So do you have itching, burning? That of course will help you with diagnosing dry eye too. But you know, if they say they have itching, you know, it's very likely they have some sort of ocular allergies and you should be specifically prescribing a over-the-counter eye drop. And maybe you want to pick, say, that an olopatidine-based drop over a ketotiphin one 
because it's more comfortable and they'd be more compliant overall. And then maybe they will also just have better symptoms resolution because of that. So I just want to encourage everyone to be proactive, just like with you know most conditions we need to manage chronically. And for that, I think our patients will be better off. I think, I think those are great points. I think with something like ocular allergies in particular, when we're thinking about the contact lens wear, it's so important to identify these patients. Sometimes even if they come into our office and they're out of their allergy season, they forget to report it. Our technicians are actually trained to ask, do you experience allergy symptoms anytime throughout the year? Because for that same reason, Andrew, we wanna arm them with the tools to control those allergy symptoms when they do act up. So this, this, was, this was awesome. Always love talking to you, picking your brain a little bit, getting a little bit of insights behind the research. And also too, you have this beautiful way of connecting it clinically as well. Andrew, thank you for joining us for this episode. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And thank you all for joining us on this episode of the AAOF um, podcast series. And a special thanks to CooperVision for their educational grant to make it all happen.